Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Pocket watching quarterbacks and the NFL itself, as well as are the Thunder actually going to tank? All that and more here on Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to these sports conversation thank you for tuning in to this episode i am your host jay while you are here tuning in please like subscribe rate review and give us five stars you think we deserve it yeah just go ahead and give us five anyway and gifted so we're gonna have a great episode here you can hit us up on the unfair fan line 430-901-1906 and let us know what you think of the show as well as give me a reason to add you as a guest, 430-901-1906. We're going to take some guest calls and stuff here in the very near future, especially as we prepare for the NFL season. So with that, let's dive right in, shall we? Happy Monday. I told y'all that y'all were going to get something early for you to ride to. Hopefully my opinions aren't too wild and y'all don't like tune me out immediately. But no, thank you y'all for tuning in, man. I it's been a, it's been one of those uh, summers, man. It's been hot. Have y'all been enjoying this heat? Because I definitely have not been enjoying it. Um, sweating. It's hard to go outside. Um, yeah, all of that jazz. But things have been heating up in the NFLs. We've been watching contracts. We've been on that pocket watch, I guess you could say. And and that's kind of one thing I I enjoy it because it's it's cool to see the new milestones hit. We're seeing all the generational wealth being created because. Sports are a commodity, and it's something that we all yearn for. So they can charge whatever the hell they want to. And we're stupid enough to pay for it, unfortunately. And so we've got the first set of contracts that hit, like with Patrick Mahomes, following the young quarterbacks, Mahomes and Josh Allen. And we're still waiting on Kyler. Watson just randomly populated out of nowhere, uh, even though he already had a contract. Lamar Jackson was still waiting on. Uh, you know, the list goes on as we're trying to get, you know, the new young quarterbacks get themselves established as the highest paid quarterback for like a week at least up until the season starts. And whoever the last person put their contract in is always the guy that makes the most money. So we'll see what Lamar ends up doing because Kyler got his bread. And let's dive right into Kyler Murray's money. But I want to go right here into Kyler Murray getting his extension. So the news was announced earlier this week, actually a few days ago. Kyler signs his massive extension for $230.5 million, which makes him the second highest per season pay quarterback in the NFL. Only person above him right now is A.A. Ron Aaron Rodgers, who's making $50 million a year because he signed that three-year $150 million deal. I told y'all that Aaron Rodgers was going to get that money. I knew Kyler was going to get his. And his contract seemed to be a similar framework of the way Deshaun Watson's is set up. He's making about one-tenth of a million more than, yeah, he's making $100,000 more than Sean Watson. But Watson's deal is still better. Now, I want to preface this before I start because I'm kind of going to go in on Arizona and Kyler for this. 
in no way, shape or form am I against chasing that bag. I am 100% for getting your money, chasing that bag, making that money. Just don't be surprised when you don't win championships because of it. Don't be surprised when you being the highest paid player, one of the highest paid players in the NFL does not lead to your team going to a championship or hell, even going to the Super Bowl. Because historically, that's not what happens. Historically, quarterbacks that are making a whole bunch of money don't really make it to the Super Bowl very often. I'm just telling you guys the truth, especially when it comes to winning, because this is the key thing when it comes to playing in the NFL. Um, I get this from Colin Cowherd, and I give him mad props for this because he's right. He ain't perfect, but this on this situation, he's 100% right. If you want to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, you need to have three things. Quarterback that can throw it, an offensive line that can protect your quarterback, and a defensive line that can get their quarterback. Because that's the foundation of what this game is. Your job is to get their quarterback and to protect yours. If you can, if you have all three of those phases of the game taken care of, you have a much better chance of winning a Super Bowl. Now, keep this in mind. There has not been a situation where a quarterback and only the quarterback has won a team a Super Bowl. The closest thing you've probably seen is maybe Peyton Manning and his ability to call plays from the line of scrimmage, but we've seen him have limitations in the playoffs. Maybe Tom Brady, who has made some players into highly paid wide receivers on other teams that vanished out of the NFL into oblivion because they didn't have Tom Brady throwing the ball. Yes, a lot of situations are true. But a player that does everything, a one-man unit, does not win in this game. It never has, and in the foreseeable future, it never will. The only thing time we've ever seen one component of a team actually winning a Super Bowl has been the defense. We've seen the Ravens do it. We saw the Buccaneers do it. They've won Super Bowls despite the person throwing the ball. But at the same time, it took an entire unit on the defensive side. Like it was an entire team effort. So Kyler getting this money tells me this. Arizona ain't trying to ain't trying to win. They're not trying to get it to a Super Bowl. As much as they're trying to tell you they are, they're not. Now, it's also letting us know just the cost of getting a quarterback in today's NFL, especially a competent one, because there's not 32 quarterbacks in this NFL. That should be starting. There's maybe 15 quarterbacks in the league that should be starting. But there's not very many of them. So so I went back and looked at old salaries for Super Bowl winning teams or teams that made the Super Bowl and looking at who was making the most money back in those days. And I'm telling you, this stuff is staggering. It tells you that... Yeah, being the highest paid ain't going to get you there. So let's let's start. I'm going to go only back to 2010. I went back further to 2000. It's a lot of data. And it showed me that, yeah, I'm totally spot on with this. Even though I'm not the only person who said this before. Let's start with the 2010 season. So 2010 season, Super Bowl, you had the Green Bay Packers playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's making all the money that year? Cap number. Donovan McNabb, number one at 24 mil, then Peyton Manning, then Alex Smith, and then Tom Brady, and then Brett Favre, who played for the Vikings at the time. Spent money, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Mark Sanchez, and then Brett Favre. And that's in 2010. Super Bowl was between 
the Packers and the Steelers for that season. Ben Roethlisberger versus Aaron Rodgers. So that was just with Bo 2010. Right. Tell me about it. Let's go to next year. 2011. 2011 season, which Super Bowls played in 2012. Hit the Giants versus the Patriots. 2011 season when it comes to the numbers. Cap numbers, Mark Sanchez, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Michael Vick, and then Eli Manning. That was your top six, top five. Money spent, Sam Bradford, Peyton Manning, Michael Vick, Cam Newton, Mark Sanchez. And you had Tom Brady down here. It was like around 10th at 10, at, uh, 10 million spent, 13 million paid. Eli Manning down at the bottom, 9 million was technically the cash spent because, you know, NFL salary caps is weird. Giants won Super Bowl that year. <clears throat> Eli was, in a way, top five in pay, but he wasn't the top guy. Go down to the next year. You had the Ravens playing against the 49ers, and we know who was running that one. That was a young Colin Kaepernick versus Joe Flacco, who was still in his rookie deal, and they refused to give him a contract extension. He basically bet on himself that year. Next year, 14, Super Bowl, 2013 season, 2014, February 2014. Seahawks versus the Broncos. Now, in that year, you did have a highly compensated Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning still wasn't wasn't the guy making the most money. It was Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan. Average-wise, he was up there, but he wasn't the top guy. So that's my point, is when you go through all of these, this time, all of these teams, all of these quarterbacks, making the most money isn't going to lead you to a Super Bowl. That usually actually hinders you. That's why Tom Brady has gotten praised for years for taking pay cuts with the Patriots because that's what helped them build a roster that was good enough to win in the era. A lot of teams win their quarter, win their Super Bowls, honestly, with quarterbacks at the end of their careers or at the beginning of their careers. Guys in the middle, besides Tom Brady, rarely get that. And like I said, it's because they don't make the most. They don't make a bunch. They're not eating up all the cap to where you can get the defensive pieces that you need, the best defensive pieces that you need, because there's levels, and we all know this. That's something to consider when it comes to this Arizona contract. What are they going to do about getting people around Kyler Murray to win? Because you can spend a lot of money. You could be like the Saints and somehow magically, and the Rams, and magically have this cap space all the time, but still not have the means to win. Like it took the Rams taking their contract, trading it, Jared Goff's, for Matt Stafford's in order to have a chance. And so looking at that, Stafford wasn't the highest paid guy. Cap-wise, this dude was only making 13, right? They did a good job of manipulating the cap and making it happen. Ryan Tannen had the highest cap number at 38. Shouldn't have, but he did. So my point behind all of that, let's see what Arizona's going to do to build around Kyler Murray. Now, because he's gotten his money, what does it look like for our boy... Lamar Jackson. We're at the point now where the Ravens have seen everybody get paid. The Rams have paid Matt Stafford again. 
Josh Allen got his money. Patrick Mahomes got his money. St. Kyle just got his money. Deshaun Watson got his money. What are the Ravens going to do to pay Lamar Jackson while also building the team around him? Because that's the one problem that we have. Quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, who are the system, when they take more, they lose more. Michael Vick has shown us that. So did Cam Newton. Tom Brady is the system. Peyton Manning was another example. Same thing with Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, all these years, can't get back to a Super Bowl. I've talked about that in the last episode of why that's a reason. But if Lamar Jackson and them wants to win, he needs to take a little bit of a haircut. He may not he may not make 46 or 47 million like he wants to. He probably needs to pay make a little bit more in the 35 range. Just so they can make sure they can put defenders around him. Because that's the most important thing. If they stop the other team, promise you you can get yourself to a Super Bowl. Ravens have proven it before. Follow that formula again. All right, so speaking of money, I told y'all we're going to talk about a little bit of money here, and I'm going to pocket watch some of these executives, especially since I'm a tech head. I have interest in how all of these negotiations are going down when it comes to TV contracts. So recall a few episodes back, and for those new listening and some of the back catalogs, I talked about how the NFL was working on a new deal that should kick in in 2023. 324 and it's gonna be like a, it's a 10 year 100 and like 11 billion dollar television deal across all their platforms so you've got monday night football at espn you got cbs you got nbc all of amazon everybody that's going to be involved with broadcasting the nfl and on top of that there was conversations about NFL Sunday Ticket. Now, a lot of you know, DirecTV has had Sunday Ticket forever. It feels like 20 years. And I had DirecTV at my, when I bought my first home back in 2011, specifically so that I could have Sunday Ticket. That was literally the only thing I wanted. <clears throat> Moved out of an apartment, got to a house. I was like, you know what? I want to get DirecTV because I want Sunday Ticket. And then my addiction to Red Zone became began there that's that's when i got my first hit of that narcotic and i haven't been off of it since unfortunately and it's the one thing i cannot get off of probably the greatest thing the nfl ever created so because of this it's been stuck on direct tv and ain't nobody got it satellite television has been dying streaming services have been taken over and the NFL, on their last TV contract, refused to modernize and go with the streaming service they continued it with direct tv and let them take it over well, DirecTV is dying. Uh, they were paying $1.5 billion a year for this package. And because they're not seeing a subscriber growth, that bad boy is now up in the air. So it appears that Disney, Apple, and Amazon are all have all submitted bids to get the broadcasting rights for Sunday ticket. So Disney, it's ESPN+. Plus. Apple's Apple TV Plus and then Amazon's Prime Video are those bidders. And there's a really good chance that we're going to get a streaming version of Sunday Ticket. So you can just buy it, the package yourself. Now, <clears throat> reading through this article I saw on, in, on CNBC about this, it appears that they're trying to package everything with NFL media and make it um, 
full-fledged streaming. Everything streaming for the NFL will go to this bidder. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because this is where we're going. This is where technology is taking us. This is the future. Because there's another deal that was very much swept under the rug quietly that I want to talk about a little bit. And I probably will, you know, expound upon on another video talking through college football, but it was the big play around USC and the, and UCLA going to the big 10. When they announced that they were going there, that the speculation started and then the announcement that they applied and got approved, Apple reached out to the big 10 to re-engage in negotiations for the Big Ten Network. Right. Apple's becoming a big player in the sports game, just the same way that Amazon is. I mean, look back at what Amazon did recently. Amazon pulled up a whole bunch of people to jump on there. They've got Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet already. They've got uh, Kaylee Hartung jumping in on the sidelines. Um, Supposedly, Marshawn Lentz and Ryan Fitzpatrick are rumored to join in. I saw that Pat McAfee was potentially going to be in studio. Tony Gonzalez, Richard Sherman, Carissa Thompson. The list is going on. They are swinging for the fences for Thursday night football. They're going to have like a Madden cast, a Manning type cast, like they did with uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning for Monday Night Football. They're going to do that for Thursday nights as well. And Pat McAfee is going to be one supposedly leading that. So this is where we're going with Brockets. It's the the games is now becoming a hundred percent pure entertainment. And I guess the one thing that jumped out to me for these negotiations for Sunday Ticket, not only the fact that I'm excited that it's going to go to Apple potentially, or it's probably going to go end up in Apple's hands. I don't think ESPN Plus is going to win this one. Is that not only we're going to have access to this, but the money is going to do nothing but increase. So that Kyler Murray contract that we talked about, and all these quarterbacks because it's so hard to find an actual good quarterback. Those contracts are going to do nothing but get bigger and bigger, folks. So if you think that there's a that that we're going to ever right size this when it comes to this media, it's not. And the problem is, is that what I don't like is that there's a chance that we're going to get a little bit more subpar products coming forward. The money's getting too big. We're going to hit a wall eventually. The average person can't get to a football game. It's expensive. I bought some tickets to the Saints and um, Seahawks game to go to while I'm in Louisiana. It's expensive. And I don't know what what can be done going forward with all of this because, quite frankly, we all going to tune in. Not None of us is going to stop watching. And all they're going to do is gain more eyeballs. So be prepared. The next set of gimmicks to go along with this, we're going to probably see is finding ways to get more eyeballs by going overseas. And that's where all the money is going to continuously increase. So when the NBA is negotiating their deal, be prepared. I told y'all it's going to probably be a 10 year, $75 billion deal for whoever decides to pick it up, which is probably going to be ESPN, which means ESPN is going to see a whole bunch of cuts. They're going to lose a whole bunch of employees again, because they're going to have to fund this stuff. This stuff is expensive. Rights to sports are expensive. And then you're going to see the negotiations for the SEC network, which I know they're doing right now. 
ACC stuck in there. They can't do anything. The Big 12 has theirs coming up in 24, 25. And so they're going to have, they're going to be asking for more money. Everybody's going to grow up, especially when the Big 12 takes over the Pac 12 teams that are left over and they all merge. You're going to have everything going basically in a big old, big old L shape from Oklahoma, well, actually West Virginia, all the way around up into probably the Washington area because that's, Probably what's going to happen, the Big 12 is going to end up winning this over because the Pac-12 is they their lunch meat. Everybody's feeding off of them. So, I guess the only thing I can say with this with that is this. So, I guess the only thing I can really say is be prepared because, yeah, it's going to be a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Our eyeballs are going to be spread thin on multiple channels and multiple places. Sports are going to take over the entertainment business that and like Marvel movies because 2023 is going to be busy for them. Can't wait till football starts. we got a couple weeks left. So a fascinating thing I saw this weekend around the NBA, we've hit another milestone in off season and we have the over under set for NBA teams. And I looked through it. This came out on the 20th, so it was a few days ago, but seeing some people point it out kind of jumped out to me. Points Bet gave us their over-unders, and I'm looking over here on the Action Network site, of the top teams with over-unders, and I want to talk about my squad, squad here, us Oklahomans root for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and how it's kind of interesting to me. So, as of right now, Oklahoma City is set at 25 and a half wins for the season. They are the second lowest out of all teams right now. There's three teams they don't really have anything for. They don't have anything for Brooklyn, the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Jazz. They're considered off right now because no one knows what the future holds for the way their rosters are constructed. It's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of changes with a lot of the other teams too, but there's a lot of changes when it comes to them as far as the top. So Oklahoma City is sitting here 25 and a half. Only team below them is San Antonio at 23 and a half because they just send Jante Murray over to the Atlanta Falcons so they can beef up what Atlanta's trying to do. And I'm not sure if that really helps them a lot, but they put them at 47 and a half. But this is what was interesting to me. There's three things. One, the Detroit Pistons, as well as the Orlando Magic, are considered higher than Oklahoma City. And so are the Rockets at 26.5, 27.5 for the Rockets, 26.5 for the Pistons, 27.5 for the Orlando Magics. And I don't see anything about Orlando that tells me that they are two games better than Oklahoma City. I don't. But what is interesting to me with this is at Oklahoma City at 25 and a half is it tells me that Vegas believes or someone in Vegas has the thought that Oklahoma City is going to tank for the French sensation Victor Wimbanyama. I don't see Oklahoma City tanking for Victor, mainly for twofold. One, it's going to take a lot to get to the bottom because it's a race at the bottom between San Antonio, the what Utah is doing right now. We know that they're going to race down. And I'm not sure if there's another team that's going to join them, but there's a good chance that Charlotte may be down there as well. So I was reading an article on Fansided, and they and they had it was a hoop, hoops habit, and they had like eight teams that they thought would go after him, like the Pacers, the Magic, 
probably the Sacramento Kings because they're awful every year. The Hornets, the Pistons, the Rockets, the Thunder, etc. So on and Spurs. But I don't see Oklahoma City tanking for Victor. Mainly because I feel like it's going to take way too much work to get there. One of the things about Oklahoma City last year, and I think this was the thing that jumped out to a lot of fans, is that they lost a lot of games in a closer manner than they should have. There's a lot of games they were into that they shouldn't have been. They played really hard. And it got to the point at the end of the season, hence why everybody started being sad, and they started pulling players. They traded Al Horford and all of that, mainly because and Derek Favors got sat for the rest of the season because they were trying to truly tank and they couldn't because they kept winning games. SGA got got shut down, and he was actually playing at an all-star level. Oklahoma City is built a little too good right now to tank. And then now we've got SGA who just hit his five-year extension. The extension kicks in this year. We'll be making like 30 a year. Is this what you want to show to your star that you've only got five years left of him? that you want to go ahead and tank one more time just to potentially get one more really good player and wait four years for them to develop. Because by the time they develop at the end of SGA's contract, he's going to look back and ask himself the question of, is this where I want to be? Is this Thunder team built to win in the future? Or am I spinning my wheels? And that's something Oklahoma City has to consider in the conversation when they're talking to SGA or even considering any of these other players. You don't want to keep tanking over and over. Fans don't like it. The league doesn't like it. Hell, the players most likely don't like it because nobody likes losing. Only time losing is truly acceptable is if you understand it when you're young. SGA is at that point where we're getting past that youth. We we need to start going for the wins. And to be honest, I really do feel like Oklahoma City is going to go for a playoff spot. I think they're going to push for a play-in. They may end up in the middle of the draft, which is fine this year. Next year, they got a ton of, of draft picks, and somebody's going to get hurt. Not on Oklahoma City's team, one of those other teams' picks that they got, and they're going to end up getting a really high pick out of it, or potentially a high pick, or be able to trade a lot of those assets to get a high pick. All I know is is that if there's anything that Thunder fans want to hope for, one, Oklahoma City's not going to tank, so don't, don't hope for that. But two, hope for... Something to just have to be changed in L.A. with the Clippers. Since we have the right to swap their pick, totally see it would be a great idea for them to be the bad team, and we just take their spot. Could happen. It just depends. Paul George is supposed to be back, and so is Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard's still having his issues, and you know he's not feeling the, the medical staff there. He's picked up John Wall, in which I don't know how much of an addition that is having John Wall. I like John Wall. John Wall is also coming off Achilles and other injuries. He's at that age where he's not as explosive as he was as a kid. He isn't. So the question is, what's his adjustment going to look like? So for Oklahoma City, the hope has to be that the Clippers gives you guys a really good pick. Because I don't see, because I put it like this, San Antonio gets the number one pick. They're not trading Victor. Neither are the Jazz. Neither are the Pacers. Actually, I don't think any team would be willing to trade Victor. Unless you give up SGA. And I don't think they take SGA over Victor. Because Victor is being considered one of those generational talents that you just don't get rid of. I mean, seven foot three, seven nine wingspan. He shoots threes like Porzingis did when he was healthy. And he can just dunk on everybody. He blocks everybody's shots like Rudy Gobert because he has that, you know, awareness. Say it again, I don't think Oklahoma City's tanking for Victor. I don't see it. Vegas might. So they have a lot more insight than I do. But I feel like that number is really low and you should hammer the over on it. 
because I damn sure are, am as soon as I get to Vegas in October. I'm going to hammer that over just to make sure that I ain't worried about it. That's just me. Oh man, as usual, another fun show talking to you guys and talking your ears off here on Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. Thank you for tuning in. Please, while you're here, like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Meh. Go ahead and give us five anyway. Go ahead and gift it. So for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for staying up and helping your boy get this bad boy out the door. We'll have something up later on this week is the plan. If we don't this weekend, eh, charge it to uh, busyness. But we'll have something definitely next Monday for y'all to ride to as we prepare for the NFL season. As news is starting to drop, we're waiting to find out when Donovan Mitchell gets traded, where Kevin Durant's going to go and all that jazz. Eventually, we'll get an answer but they're slow playing it. So no worries. We'll have some college football previews and stuff coming up. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So with that, we will chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.